All right, cool. We're live. I didn't get the There's the notification on Twitter, so we're going to be live on Twitter. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA now that we have the playoff kind of somewhat set, and then we're going to go ahead and we'll talk about the uh, the playing tournament, and we'll talk about those four games, and we'll discuss some of the lines are out. Actually, FanDuel has lines up. Uh, Pregame.com has lines up. Uh, we actually got lines for some of the playoff games as well. So I want to go ahead and start out with – I don't think there was anything <clears throat> kind of uh, surprising today. I mean, the last two days were kind of screwy. I don't know what you guys thought, but uh, a lot of players getting rested. It was tough to go ahead and attack uh, some of the lines today. It was tough to attack player props. We did well with our player props, which was uh, really cool. Ended up going three and one. Why don't we go ahead and start out with um, – we'll do the – let's do the Wizards game because I know Smooth probably has an opinion on that one, and I'm sure Chris does too, and I do as well. Uh, Washington got a big win today, took care of business against Charlotte. <clears throat> that game was uh, – that game was crazy. Washington was down multiple times in that game by double digits, kept coming storming back, down again by double digits, but finally they got the job done there. So Washington, they're going to be on the road. They're going to play Boston. Boston's going to be a home favorite here, minus two and a half. Have a total of 234 and a half. Uh, it seems like a pretty high total for a playing game. My immediate reaction to that total is probably play the under. doesn't matter who it is, uh, Washington, Boston. I, I'm going to have to go back through and look and see, you know, where they're setting this line at. This is like a regular season type of line. But that does seem a little bit high to me. Uh, Chris, I'll let you go first because I know you have a strong feeling on this one. As I had mentioned, Boston right now minus two and a half at home. What are you thinking about that game? I think the wrong team is favored in this game. I mean, I know I understand that the Boston Celtics have a track record here with all the postseason success they've had with Jason Tatum, with Brad Stevens as a head coach, obviously. But this is not the same team we've seen in years past. And the fact that they lost Jalen Brown as well. We're seeing those uh, chemistry issues with Kemba Walker on the court. He's had a really down year. I know he's picked it up a little bit recently, but I mean, the Wizards just are, are not getting respect for being arguably one of the top five. That, that's borderline, definitely top 10 in the NBA since the All-Star break. And I just think that they should be favored here. If anything, if anything, it should be more of a pick them. But I'm seeing uh, Moneyline plus 120 on FanDuel right now for the Wizards to win this game outright. I think that's what they do here. I love the fact that they're underdogs. If you can get it, at uh, plus two, because uh, I saw that DraftKings has plus one and a half and FanDuel has plus two and a half. So we'll see how the lines move here now that they just came out in the last hour or so. But yeah, I, I think the wrong team is favored. Uh, you know, Washington struggled a little bit today, but they got the win. And I think that's because Bradley Beal had missed a few games. He came out and he shot a little bit rusty to start the game off. But you're getting a healthy Bradley Beal. You're getting Russell Westbrook, who he looks like he never needs a break, but he's going to get at least a day or two off now before they play again here. Um, so I, I really like Washington to take care of business here. And uh, honestly, I think they're a, a really live dog to upset Philadelphia uh, in the first round in the 1-8 matchup. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself there, but uh, I really love Washington plus two uh, if you can get that. And I'm going to sprinkle some on the money line here as well. Uh, Bradley Beal, McKenzie's power ratings, that's part of our premium package. He's got Bradley Beal is worth four points to the spread. And if you combine that with his last week's uh, power ratings, uh, you're looking at a Washington team that could, should potentially be favored by two or three points uh, in this matchup here. So I'm all, I'm all over Washington in this game. I think they beat the Celtics and they could blow them out. Well, right now on FanDuel, you can get a plus two and a half on the Wizards. And if you go over to pregame.com and check out the game center there, you can go ahead and you can get uh, plus three and a half on the Wizards. Now that it will be at a, at a you know a one book, and that's going to be bet online. Uh, who goes ahead and they put out a lot of openers there. So uh, shop around a little bit. You can find you know a decent decent number on the Wizards if you like them. Smooth. I'm not sure necessarily what you think about this game. Uh, where do you think this line goes, Smooth? Because you you're pretty sharp when it comes to the Wizards line, knowing which way it's going to go. Right now, let's just say it's it's two and a half. I have a feeling that that's where that number is going to end up coming out pretty much, you know, painted across the board at all the books. But where do you have a feeling that that number probably goes and maybe where does that number actually close at? Um, I, I think it comes down a little bit just looking at the two states of the teams, you know, coming into this matchup. Uh, Wizards are coming in, you know, on a, on a pretty high note. 
finishing out this season uh, going 17 and six straight up and 17, seven and one against the spread. And Boston's going the opposite direction. Um, you know, they, they won uh, recently, but just lost this game today with the Knicks. But, you know, ever since Jalen Brown went down, um, I don't think this team poses the same type of threat, you know, on the offensive end or defensive end uh, with teams being able to, you know, lock in and key in on Jason Tatum and, um, you know, guys like Evan Fournier and even a Jabari Parker that they picked up. Those guys just haven't been there, um, you know, long enough to, you know, carve out a niche and, and some confidence in that rhythm and that rotation and how they play. So, to me, it would all have to come down to, um, how much, you know, Kimball Walker could step up and, you know, in this matchup coming in, you know, with a matchup with the Russell Westbrook, I just think he, I just think Russ has that edge in that matchup. So I kind of agree with Chris here. The only thing that, you know, worries me about the Wizards is, you know, they, they have improved their defense, but like we saw today, you know, stretches of the game, um, you can't afford to, you know, get down, you know, 15, 16 points, you know, on the road. Uh, especially you know, with a place like Boston, you know, they're, um, you know, wounded dogs. So they kind of really don't have, you know, um, you know, playing with house money, don't have anything to lose. So uh, they could just come out and, you know, just let everything fly. Um, these matchups, you know, with Boston and Washington have been pretty close um, throughout, you know, throughout the season, regular season. And, you know, something that's decided the matchups has been Washington's uh, late game execution. Um, the last time that they played uh, up in Boston, you know, they had they had that game wrapped up and should have won it, but a couple, you know, bad mistakes down the stretch and, uh, you know, Bradley Beal slips and uh, goes out of bounds and Tatum ties it up and goes in overtime. They lose that one. Um, they just can't afford to make those same type of mistakes um, if they want to, you know, just win this game and move up to the seventh seed and not potentially, you know, play another game. So, I kind of agree with Chris here, you know, just because of where these two teams are, you know, going in you know, the direction they're going in coming into this one. Um, so I, w- I would back Washington here as well. Yeah, I'm not sure what I would do in this one. I would probably lean towards Washington. And the fact that we're all kind of leaning towards Washington tells me um, that this line probably comes down. My guess is it probably closes at probably like one and a half. I do have the same concerns here, Smooth, with Boston. The fact that you know, they, they don't seem to have any cohesion right now. And the fact that the line is really high. I mean, we're looking at 232 points. And you have a Boston team that, you know, they haven't really been scoring all that well. And I wonder if it's like, you know, if you're putting Tatum up against Westbrook and you're putting Beal up against Kemba, I, I have to like the Wizards in, in, you know, with those two, you know, just that duo uh, that, that, that the Wizards have, you know, versus what, what Boston has. It's going to be tough to go into Boston, I'm guessing. You know, that crowd is going to be doing everything that they can. Uh, They're going to have to put somebody on Tatum. If they can slow Tatum down and really just key on him, I don't think Kemba could beat them. Um, He's been hurt. He hasn't been in the lineup a whole lot. Um, I I, I particularly don't like Boston's bench. I think when you you bring Bertans in, you know, for the Wizards off the bench, that's a big help. Smooth, did you happen to see that dunk today when he postered uh, Washington? Oh yeah, he has a couple of sneaky plays like that when he can put the ball on the on the floor, you know, one or two dribbles, and he's got a you know clear runway for takeoff. You know, he could surprise a couple of people like that, like he did tonight. Uh, he had a he's, play like that earlier in the season, so yeah, he's he's pretty sneaky with the bounce. Yeah, I I had no idea that he that he could move like that uh, off the dribble and then and then go ahead and finish the way that he did. I was surprised. I was like, oh shit! I was like, man. I was like, Bertan's getting after it. So I guess we all kind of agree, you know, it, it's, you know, we're, we're all looking at Washington here. I don't think that there's any way that you can, I mean, you can make a real wise guy play and say, oh yeah, I'm going to take Boston. But have they given you any indication that they are playoff ready? I think that they probably need another couple of weeks under their belt, you know, in order to go ahead and get, and really I think Fournier throws a big wrench into that, into that team. And the fact that Brown's out, you know, they're reeling right now, and you're going to have a hungry team in the Wizards who, quite frankly, they've been hungry for a long time, and they've been playing well. I mean, they got, you know, Gafford's out there playing well. Bertans is doing his thing. Um, you got Ish Smith was balling today, uh, a massive help today for that Wizards team. I think there's a lot of motivation, a lot of guys, you know, cheering each other on and doing what they need to do. 
that's not a team that anybody wants to see. I can tell you right now in the playoffs, uh, I'm willing to bet that the top six seeds are they're hoping that Boston uh, could go ahead and take care of Washington uh, so they don't end up in the playoffs. You know, for, for just I'm just guessing that that's the way I, you know, and nobody wants to see Beal. Nobody wants to have to deal with Westbrook. Uh, that's a high energy uh, series. That's for sure. Let's jump over to Sleep, sleepy. Just just real quick. I just want to add one thing there because there's a clear trend in the three games they played against each other this year is that the Celtics have no answer defensively for Bradley Beal. And he's had 35, 46, and 41 in the three matchups they had this season. So uh, that's probably something we're going to give out just for free for the sake of the show or on Twitter. But I would take the first chance you get when the player props are released for this game, and I would bet Bradley Beal points over because my guess it's going to be maybe in the high 20s. Uh, and the minimum he's had is 35. He's gone over 40 twice in two of those three. So that's a prop I'm definitely going to be looking to bet in this game is Beal over points. You know that the 234 and a half, and I'll, I'll throw this to smooth, but let me just give you my first take was that being that the total is that high, that really does put me on Washington because I think that offensively they're going to be able to do what they need to do. And I don't think Boston's going to be able to do what they need to do. And the fact that that total so high – it's telling you that there's not going to be. It's telling you there's not going to be a lot of defense. But what I saw from Washington today gave me high hopes that it doesn't matter really who they play when 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 the chips are down that they can step up and do what they need to do. I mean, they stopped a lot of runs today and came back and and fought hard. Smooth. The fact that that line's like two thirty four and a half. Does that make you like? Does that make you like the Wizards even more? Because it it kind of does for me. Yeah, it does for me as well. Um, you know, you already mentioned, you know, with the line being that high. And, you know, just this month, you know, um, Washington's offensive rating is a top five or better, you know, around uh, 118. So, um, you know, with that, you know, total set that high, you know, it's going to be an offensive game. And I just trust with how, you know, Washington looks right now, especially on the offensive end. And, you know, being able to get stops when they need to get stops um, in key spots like they did today um, against uh, against the Hornets. You know, that first quarter, you know, it could have got out of hand from there. You know, the Hornets came out and hit, you know, their first seven of eight threes, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, 15-point lead, and it could have just went downhill from there. But like we've seen, you know, for the last month and a half or two months with this Wizards team, you know, they're just not that same team, you know, from earlier in the season. You know, they could – Lock, you know, they can lock in and, and, and key in on the defensive end and get stops where they need to get stops. And, you know, Bill and Westbrook can explode and go off in any given moment. And you got guys like Gafford coming off the bench and Bertons running from deep, uh, Ishmith and Raul Neto. So they can hit you from all different angles. So they're, you know, they're scary to play against when they have it all clicking. And, you know, they, they have it all clicking at the right time right now. So. One more keynote, you know, to mention about this game, you know, the seven-eight matchup. Whoever wins falls in the seventh spot and would mat- be matched up with the Nets. So um, I'm, I know the NBA is looking, you know, kind of looking ahead here and maybe, you know, hoping that Washington could win because that'll give you a matchup of, you know, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and James Harden and Bradley Beal in the first round. You know <laughs> how much of a competitor Russ is. Right. Um, you know, they'll be, you know, uh, big underdogs, but you can't tell him that they don't have a shot at knocking them off, you know, especially if they're coming in playing the right type of basketball. So that's just something to look forward to. Uh, maybe the NBA might be, you know, uh, rooting for Washington on the low, you know, to get get those ratings high in that first round. So that would be something to pay attention to. That's a yeah, great point would... you there too because, like, that – Oh, I, and I said this, they would be live against the Sixers. I just think they're going to be live – against whoever they wind up playing, assuming they get into the playoffs. So I think that's definitely, you know, great call on the potential narrative there between, you know, Russ facing KD and Harden and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, and then you you can't forget here, too, is that Beal was in his first game back today. So, you know, you get used to playing for a week, week and a half with no Beal. He comes back into the lineup. He's cold to start out the game. So they fall down a little bit. But like you said, Sleepy, they rallied from behind. They came back and they got the job done there. And let's not sleep on this Hornets team either. We're going to talk about them in a second. But – they're a good basketball team, and, and they've been without so many key guys throughout the entire season. They were without Bridges for a stretch. They were without Devontae Graham. They still don't have Hayward. But with all these guys healthy, I think this is one of the better 
Eastern Conference teams in terms of young talent going forward in the future. Maybe not this year. They might not be able to make some noise. But I think in the future, this could be one of the top four or five teams in the East if Lamelo continues to improve. So the fact that Charlotte got up on Washington like that, I wouldn't knock Washington too much given the circumstances with Beal coming back and the fact that Charlotte's just now getting their guys back into the fold as well. So, um, you know, I, I just think we're getting a lot of value on Washington and, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it doesn't make sense why the books haven't caught up. Cause I, I made a joke with you smooth. We we're at pregame uh, studios last night for straight out of Vegas. And I was like, have we not won like 15 straight bets on Washington for the last two months? And I just don't understand why we keep getting value on these spreads with, with the wizards. That's funny that you mentioned that too. Cause I was thinking about that. I would, uh, somebody put a post on Twitter and they're like, how much, you know, how many tickets did you cash with Russ? And I was like, dude, I'm like, smooth was giving them dudes out, man, for, a while, like weeks, weeks that we were playing that crap. Um, that was – Washington was a good moneymaker, that's for sure. Let's talk about the Hornets. Um, they're going to end up being on the road here, and they're going to end up playing Indiana. Uh, Indiana's going to be minus three, total 229. My, my original gut feeling was to go ahead and play Indiana at home. I think Sabonis offers a lot of trouble to that lineup. If Levert can go out there and play good basketball, um, I think they'll probably get it done. I think there's enough players on that team right now, at least with the Pacers, that are playing well, that are actually shooting well. Um, you know, a guy like Justin Holiday, that dude out there was out there balling the other day. So I don't know. I just have a feeling like Charlotte, It was it, it's awesome that they're here, but they're going to need, you know, an A-plus game from – they're going to need an A-plus game from Rozier. They're going to need an A-plus game from from LaMelo. And I'm just not sure if if they can go ahead and do that. I don't want to discredit and say that they can't, but my gut feeling is that I like the Pacers in this game. Um, that's my first thought. Um, I'll dig into it and see, but that's kind of my first thought. What do you think, Chris, about Indiana and uh, Charlotte? I mean, I, I really like Charlotte in this game. I, I think, if anything, you could say these two teams are even – and if, if that's the case with still not full home court advantage mixed in yet, I'm going to take the team that's getting the three points in Charlotte. And like I said, they were without Miles Bridges recently. And he looked great two games ago when he first came back against the New York Knicks. There was reports that he was going to be on a minutes restriction. And I knew a lot of people that were betting his unders. And, and he had a monster game against Julius Randle. And I, I think you know he, he's a very good player. And I think he mixed – LaMelo Ball has been really off shooting the ball. If he come if he comes out like they're competing with him shooting like thirty percent from the outside or worse, he, if he comes out and has a good shooting game, then Charlotte could coast to a victory in this matchup here. You look at the coach with Borrego and what he's been able to do with these guys guys this year, turning him to uh, turning him into a playoff contender, and then you throw in the fact all the coaching controversy that's gone on in Indiana, they were barely able to hold on, you know, to the nine seed and, and stay in the playing race. And the one thing I want to throw out here, just looking at the standings over the course of the season is Indiana in the entire Eastern conference. They have the second worst home record of every team, even the tanking teams. If you look overall, Indiana is 13 and 23 at home this season. They're a better road team. They were 21 and 15 on the road. So I don't know if we should be given any home court advantage to Indiana in this matchup. I think Charlotte's a better team. I think they have the better coach. They have the better core group of guys, maybe the best player, on the court is going to be Sabonis, but I think Charlotte has the better team, better coach, and I'm going to I'm going to get the three points. You can you can even get plus three and a half at Bet Online right now. So I I really like the Char uh, really like Charlotte in this game uh, to win on the road. You know what's funny is I was watching the hockey game today. I was watching the Vegas Golden Knights and they were playing the Minnesota Wild, and to actually sit and listen to 15,000 people screaming and yelling. I don't think these teams are going to be used to that. I think a lot of these teams are going to end up going in here on the road, and it's like, wow, they just packed they packed the whole stadium. We haven't heard noise like this in forever. So I do think home court actually might carry a little bit more coming into these playoffs. That's the way that I kind of feel about it. Smooth, I'll let you go ahead. You can uh, you could be the decider. Chris and I are on opposite sides of this one, but how are you feeling about that Pacers and Charlotte Hornet game? I kind of like Charlotte as well. Um, at this point of year, uh, this time of year, you know, with playoff basketball and playing basketball now, um, you have to look at, you know, the team that's the healthiest and 
the team that's playing the best, um, you know, coming into these situations. And right now, I'm not sure, you know, if uh, Malcolm Brogdon is going to be able to play, you know, for the Pacers. And, you know, Miles Turner has been out for a long time. They did have some players come in and, 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 and step in and play well for him, like Brissett. Um, I really like his game. But, you know, before Miles Turner went down, you know, he, I think he was leading the league in blocks, and he kind of anchored the defense in the paint for the Pacers. And without him, they've just been giving up a ton of points. Um, like Chris mentioned, you know, they they just got, you know, the Hornets just got uh, Miles Bridges back, and he looked pretty good the last two games. And Gordon Hayward is out, but they still got Devontae Graham, and they just have a lot of, a lot of good weapons over there that can create, and, and they all play well and move the ball well and, you know, take and make good shots. So, um, like I said, just going back to the Pacers, you just don't know, you know how healthy they will be coming into this situation. And they've already shown to have some some coaching turmoil between, you know, the head coach and some players and some assistant coaches getting it on, getting into it on the sideline. So, you know, I would have to look towards, you know, the young, the young Hornets team that's, you know, playing pretty good basketball, even without, you know, Gordon Hayward. They, they still have some some weapons that can make up for his absence. Yeah, Miles Bridges looked really good today. Um, I, I watched that pretty much that entire game. He looked solid. Uh, he could be trouble. I think what Charlotte probably might end up doing in this game, believe it or not, and it's something that they probably haven't done a whole lot, is maybe, you know, having Graham and LaMelo Ball out there because we know, you know, how much the Pacers actually struggle you know, against point guard. So if you could put Graham out there and you could put Ball out there, that could be trouble. And then maybe you got, you know, Washington bot, trying to body up on Sabonis and it, it leaves Levert out there. I think Levert's going to be a problem. If Levert's hitting his shots, I don't see how Indiana loses, but he is streaky. Um, you could get him out there with a 5 for 21 night or you can get him out there for a 14 for 21 night. It just depends. Um, it, it depends on how well he's defended. I think Charlotte could probably defend him, uh, you know, half decent. We'll have to see. My, that was just my initial my initial first reaction was to go ahead and uh, and to play Indiana. Now the the loser of the of the Washington game and Boston they're not going to be out. They're going to end up playing, you know, whoever ends up winning the Charlotte and uh, Indiana game. So uh, th- that's pretty cool. At least if uh, if Washington loses, they'll still have another chance there. Let's talk about the. Uh, why don't we do well, – let's save the Laker game. Let's do the Spurs and the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are going to be minus three. I'm torn on this one. This one I'm torn on. I don't know. Smooth, I'm going to go to you first because I'm curious what you think because we talked a lot about these two teams over the last couple of weeks, uh, especially going ahead talking about the playoffs. No total on this one right now. How are you feeling about the Spurs and the Grizzlies? I lean towards the Spurs. Um I was a little bit disappointed in the Grizzlies playing, you know, tonight with the Warriors. I thought, uh, uh, I thought John Moran would come out and be, you know, a little bit more aggressive as far as, you know, staying in the paint and getting to the basket. But he didn't really show, you know, that type of aggression I was, I, I thought he would come out playing with until, you know, they was pretty much down, you know, double digits and, you know, Golden State had the momentum there. And if you're looking at this, uh, you know, one of the big edges in this matchup with the Grizzlies and Spurs is you always have to respect, you know, uh, Greg Popovich and what he's able to do and how he's able to take away your strength and make you play to your weakness. So I think that's something to keep an eye out for because, you know, he has a, a healthy DeJounte Murray this time of year that he didn't have last year. Um, also, you know, a lot of those other younger guys that was, you know, developing a lot over the last year, year and a half, like uh, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, you know, they're, you know, they're better. Um, also with DeMar DeRozan, I think they just have a little bit more experience um, where the Grizzlies can get them, I think is in the paint with uh, Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr. But I do think that the Spurs hold the edge on the perimeter with their guard play, you know, led by uh, DeRozan. And they also have, you know, uh, savvy vets that they still have like a Rudy Gay. You know, he's capable of having a big scoring night every, you know, every now and again. Um, tomorrow could, or, you know, uh, Tuesday when they play could be one of those games for him. So I will lean and look towards, you know, uh, the Spurs um, because I think they have the coaching, the coaching edge, you know, with Greg Popovich and, you know, what he can scheme up, you know, on the defensive end for at least for a game. That's what worries me is Pop. Smooth, you and I were talking last week about him, that he's kind of stuck in his ways. Uh, It seems like the game's kind of passing him on a little bit. 
and a lot of people might disagree with that, but I watched a lot of the Spurs this year, and it seems like to me like he doesn't know what the hell to do with his lineup, and he's been like that for like two years, and it's, oh, I'll play, you know, Devontae Murray for uh, 26 minutes, and it was like, no, dude, he should be out there for 34 minutes when he goes and he's the, the hottest player in the first quarter, and you take him out with, with five minutes. It's like, what are you doing? And uh, it's been things like that, you know, all year long. And what I was getting to with that was that a lot of times you see Spurs guys, they just disappear. And it's like, well, Walker was on fire. And it's like, well, he has one shot through the entire first quarter. And, um, you know, DeRozan sometimes will disappear on you. Like, it, that team worries me. Like, they disappear. And I don't feel like that with the Grizzlies. I feel like I know what, and I know Jackson's inserted into the lineup, but I know Jaw's going to show up. I know Brooks is going to show up. I know Valanciunas is going to show up. If Jackson's playing, that's not going to be an inside, uh, an inside type of game for for the Spurs because Jackson and Valanciunas, between their rebounding and Jackson shot blocking, they're going to have to make outside shots. And we know DeRozan don't shoot threes, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, what's what's the odds on a, a zero and a half attempts for DeRozan threes in this game? I'm going to say it's probably – well, I got it at like plus 460 or something like that. So it might be five to one for him to hit a three. Yeah, what's That's the odds – not even just to make a three. What's the odds on him to just attempt a three? I think he's given up on that completely this season now. I don't know. I'm going to guess it probably would maybe like, I don't know, plus 230 or something like that. But that's what worries me really with the Spurs. They, they disappear at times. I don't think they'll have success on the inside. And they're going to have to have guys make shots from the outside. And I'm not sure if, you know, Walker and, and, and Johnson and all those guys could go ahead and do that. I have a lean here to, to Memphis. I think Memphis probably might carry a little bit of a, of a sizable home court advantage. They might have one of the better home court advantages, you know, with all these playing teams. So uh, I'll lean slightly here to the Grizzlies. As of right now, and I had a feeling Smooth might be on the Spurs too because um, I could understand his reasoning. Like I understand the Spurs, they're a team that if they play well and they get hot and that, that whole team plays together, um, they could beat a lot of teams, not just the Grizzlies. They could beat a number of teams uh, in the Western Conference. What about you, Chris? How are you feeling right now about the Grizzlies and Spurs? Grizzlies minus three. Yeah, well, if you look at McKenzie's power ratings on bettingpredators.com and you throw in the two points for home court advantage that were given, I think that'll put the Grizzlies at about minus four in this game here. So I'm with you. I mean, I think we have to kind of get over the fact that it's like we've always wanted to uh, either bet on or not bet against when it comes to Greg Popovich and Brad Stevens. And, the, the you know, Greg Popovich is, you know, one of the best coaches of all time, but he just doesn't have the roster and, and, you know, DeRose, I, I respect DeRozan's game, but I just don't look at him as the number one guy in a team that's going to lead them to any type of postseason success here. So I definitely, I, I lean to Memphis as well. Memphis is one of those young teams that I'm just worried on them ever covering a game with any type of margin, even, even a minus three, like, you know, I, I'd be much more comfortable betting them if this was like minus one or a pick them or something like that, or less than a shot. But yeah, I'm with you there. Um, the one thing you noticed that I noticed when looking at the schedule is that these teams haven't played each other since back in February. And, you know, the, they, were, they were playing a lot more guys at the time. I think you're going to see more condensed lineups here with more usage for John Morant than what we saw in the previous meetings between these two teams. Uh, San Antonio won the first meeting when they played it in January to kick off the season. And uh, I think the Grizzlies won the two after that. So, you know, can't really take too much into the head-to-head -head, uh, season record type of thing. But I just don't think I'm going to be as afraid to bet against Popovich as I have uh, in the past. So I just think Memphis is the better team. They have the best player on the court. They might have the two best players on the court if you look at Morant and Jaron Jackson compared to San Antonio. So uh, lean to Memphis. Uh, I don't know if it's something I'm going to bet personally right now, though. All right, let's talk about the game everybody wants to talk about, and that's the Warriors and the Lakers. Lakers, they're going to be minus seven. A lot of people are going to be running to the to the Warriors at minus seven. I'll give you my first my first thought is that this line's a little bit high. I have a feeling it's going to come down. I'm going to say it's probably going to go to probably minus six. That's what I'm kind of thinking. And I think the X factor is a guy that we were talking about before we even jumped on here. I think it comes down to Wiggins. I think Curry's going to do what he does. I think Draymond's going to do what he does. 
but they need Wiggins to go out and, and, you know, be that guy that can go out there and get you, you know, his 21, you know, his five rebounds, his, his five assists, you know, a couple steals, block. Like, he needs to go out and have an A game. Um, if he goes out and he has a C-minus game, they're not going to beat the Lakers. The Lakers are the champs for a reason. They went through, you know, a very difficult uh, bubble last year, and they proved that, that they were the best team. They went out and they won the title. And right now it's like, hey, you know, that line just dropped down to minus six and a half, by the way. So people are, are, are betting the Warriors right now. Maybe they're listening to our live feed. But uh, my gut feeling is it comes down to Wiggins, and I don't know if I could trust him. I, I just don't know. He's very streaky. So I'm going to wait, and I'm going to sit, and I'm going to kind of see what everybody is on, and I have a gut feeling everybody's going to be on the Warriors in this game, and that worries me. Um, I don't know if I want to bet against AD and LeBron, not in this particular game. This is like a game seven for them. Um, they don't want to have to deal with losing and then have to play again, and then you know you're going up against Memphis, and then – and then who are you going up against? Then you're going up against. It's like it becomes a very difficult road. They can make life a lot easier if they just take care of business and uh, they figure out a way to stop Curry, and then it's going to come down to to Wiggins. So I'm not sure what you think, Smooth. I'll throw it to you first. Lakers, right now we're going to say laying six and a half uh, against the Warriors. What do you think? Man, this, is a, this was a tough one to call for me as well, you know, with – the Warriors over their last 20 games, they're 15 and five straight up. So they're playing well and gelling well at the right time. But they also got to take a look at the Lakers with, you know, we haven't really seen this team, you know, at full strength. Anthony Davis has missed, you know, a lot of time. Um, LeBron James has missed a lot of time. And they haven't had a lot of time to play, you know, with Andre Drummond to, you know, gel and, and, and get that going. So they've had the last few games here, you know, to kind of play and to get some chemistry together. So um, I think the Lakers are kind of in a similar situation. I look at with the Nets where the top three guys or four guys, you know, in the Lakers case, um, just haven't played a lot of basketball this year together. Now uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis obviously have, you know, chemistry together, uh, you know, being champions last year, but, you know, Andre Drummond, he's a, he's a significant piece that they brought in around the trade deadline or, or a buyout market, and um, they, LeBron hasn't had a lot of experience playing with a big, you know, that dominates inside the paint as much as Drummond does. So, um, yeah, this I might have to pass on this one and just sit back and enjoy what can unfold in this game because um, there's just too many question marks for me to, you know, the better side, especially with the with the line as high as opening up at seven, even around six and a half, six. I think you know you can make a case either way for both teams with how well the Warriors is playing and not seeing, you know, the Lakers, you know, at full strength, you know, with LeBron, AD, and Drummond out there. So uh, I might just have to sit this one out and, and enjoy what, what what unfolds. So let me ask you this, because this I was just thinking about this as you're talking about Drummond. So you got Drummond, you got AD, you got LeBron. Are Would you have them as, like, the best inside team in the league or no? Or am I just completely wrong on that? Um, I think it has the potential to be because of how um, how they how they can dominate inside the paint um, when LeBron is relent, relentless in attacking the rim, and you know Drummond he's only productive uh, around the paint, and you know AD he's a versatile player he's been playing a little bit more on the perimeter in Los Angeles than he has in New Orleans, but that's because of the the one two combo that he has with LeBron so. Yeah, I think and this I think this can be a factor in the situation to where, you know, the Warriors they don't have a lot of height, you know, now that you mentioned that, you know, with Wiseman out and the only guy they have, you know, with some height on there, you know, is Kevon Looney. You know, even Draymond Green, who's a solid defender, he's only six seven, six eight. So if you have, you know, three guys like that, you know, that can live, you know, live at the basket, you know, it's I think it'll be a difficult situation, you know, for the Warriors to try to to try to contain. So yeah, that could be a a daily trio, you know, inside the paint. And Dalton says that, you know, the Lakers minus six and a half feels like, feels like it's sneaky cheap to him. Like Golden State Warriors feel like it's kind of like the duct tape kind of shoe play. I kind of agree, man. I, I, I kind of agree. I, I don't think we know. I know what we're going to get from the Lakers. We're going to get high end level playoff basketball from them. 
that's what we're going to get. I don't think we're going to end up with a team that makes a lot of mistakes. I think they're going to be very focused. And again, for me, I think it comes down to Andrew Wiggins and if he could go ahead and if he could deliver. What do you think, Chris? How are you feeling about the Wizard or uh, the Warriors right now getting six and a half against the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I kind of agree with what you guys are saying there is that, you know, the, the first gut instinct is like, oh, man, like that's a lot of points. Like, let me take the Warriors plus seven. But then you look at the fact that we don't really know what this Lakers team is this year. And it's probably more likely they're still the same team that they were last year. I mean, they even added some certain pieces in the offseason, like Smooth mentioned with Drummond and some other guys. Um, so this is a game – I just don't have a good feel for either of these two teams. And it's like Curry could get hot and the Warriors could be in it and they could be live. So, But then again, he could go with today. You know, He still put up close to 40 points, but he was like six for 19 on threes the last time I had checked in that game. So – if he's shooting 33% on threes, I don't think that's going to – he's got to be a little more efficient than that. And, you know, do do we really want to say, hey, the second best player on this team, Andrew Wiggins, and that's going to be the reason we decide Steph, that we're going to look to back the Warriors? So um, I do agree that there could be some sneaky value on the Lakers right now. Um, but – and you look at the futures market, it's the Lakers have been – they haven't – they have never really slipped from their title odds. I mean, not – and not anything too drastically to note at least. So – uh, this is probably a game I'm staying away from for now. You know, I, I really like those two Eastern Conference games as we talked about earlier. But when it comes out West, I feel like once we get into those official playoff matchups, one through eight in the first round, I think there's going to be a lot more edges to be had in terms of different matchups. But I feel like these first couple playing games are going to be a little tricky. So um, we're going to definitely have the player props. We're going to have DFS for everything. But in terms of just betting aside in either of these two Western Conference games for me, Right now, I'm just not there uh, with L.A. or with Golden State. So, Lukey made a pretty cool comment. He said LeBron and Kerr, that they're both smart, will either want a particular matchup one over the other. Whether Will one team want the Jazz? Will one team want the Suns? That's kind of interesting because, you know, whoever wins, they're going to end up with the seventh seed. So they're going to be stuck with the Suns. And whoever loses, well, then they got to play another game. So um, that's pretty interesting. Dalton made a good point. He said LeBron wants to go ahead and manage his minutes. He thinks he wants to bury this game early. So if that's the case, and I agree with what Dalton's saying, maybe we look at the Lakers in the first quarter. Maybe we look at them uh, in the first half. Maybe we look at a first half under. I think sometimes a lot of people kind of discredit, you know, the Warriors and the defense that they play. But when they really need to buckle down and play defense, they could, they could be a pretty tough defensive team. Maybe the first half under is, it might be the way to go. Uh, there is no total on this right now, so we can't really speculate what that first half total will be, especially it, it's a little tougher, too, because it's playoff basketball. So you don't necessarily know where the books are going to come in on this one. More than likely, uh, they're probably coming in, I'm going to guess, four or five, maybe six points lower uh, than a regular season matchup. Smooth, I guess I'll throw it over to you. Uh, Lakers and Warriors, you got any other thoughts? Lakers and Warriors? Yeah. Um, I just like, I just like what I've seen from the, from, um, from Steph, you know, um, he hasn't been, he didn't play last year and I think he kind of answered, um, you know, expectations, you know, considering, um, you know, what I thought, you know, he should have been able to do coming back this year with no Clay Thompson. Um, you know, he, uh, locked up leading the league in scoring and, I didn't know he had led the league in scoring, you know, another time. So this is his second time doing it. And I think this time was just a little bit more impressive because he didn't have those perfect pieces around him. And you can just see, you know, teams, you know, trying to, you know, uh, take him out of the game. And the Grizzlies tried to do that with, uh, with Brooks tonight and he still went for 44 and um, yeah, it's just impossible to guard that guy. You know, you just got to, play as hard as you can defensively and just hope he has an off night and misses. And even if that happens, all he needs to see is the ball go in, you know, two or three times and he's, and he's on fire, you know, with, you know, where he pulls up where his range is at. So um, I think this is, you know, well-deserving will be well-deserving of the height, you know, of the game, you know, Lakers, Warriors, Steph and LeBron, um, you know, they battled, everybody knows they battled, you know, four times or so for the finals and, you know, now they're in a playing situation. So uh, I think it's 
I'm just going to sit back and enjoy, like I said, sit back and enjoy what happens in this game because I think either either side can get it. So, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be looking forward to watch that one. What type of a – what type of defender is Schroeder? Because I'm guessing Schroeder's probably going to be the guy that's out there harassing Steph. Where would you put Schroeder as far as a, you know a defensive player in the league? I mean, he's a he's a good defender, but when we're talking about um, defending somebody like Steph Curry, you know, I don't think it, it matters how good of a defender you are because of how elite um, he is as an offensive player. You know, he just doesn't play offense in one way. To, you know, to where he can handle the ball and get a shot off the dribble. He can come off picks. He can come off of pin downs. Um, and I don't think there's no other team in the league that looks for, you know, one individual player as much as the Warriors look and work to get Steph open. So, um, you know, uh, Schroeder, you know, he, he might be the, the primary defender on him, but he's just not going to get one look from Steph throughout the game. You know, he's going to have to be ready to, uh, you know, get hit with everything coming off of picks and rub downs and stagger screens and flare screens and high ball screens and just all type of stuff. So, yeah, they're going to get Steph loose because he was going up against the top defense tonight in the Grizzlies, and they was able to find him and get him loose a few times, and he went for 40, 40, 45 points. So, yeah, I just don't think it matters, you know, how good of a defender you are from an individual standpoint when it comes to guarding him. All right. I don't want to disagree with you at all with that because we've seen guys right in his face and it does not matter. Uh, he'll go ahead and he'll shoot your lights out. Well, we covered all the playing games. Why don't we talk about two other games? Let's talk about the Knicks. How about the Knicks? They're a four seed right now. Um, Going to go up against Atlanta. Right now the Knicks are, I think they're minus one and a half. Yeah, minus one and a half here at home. I'm currently going to try to look for some. Uh, I, actually, I don't see anything yet. I want to see what the Knicks are for the series. I'm guessing they're probably going to be maybe minus 150, somewhere in that range for the series. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys feel about particular this particular game, but, I mean, you're talking New York playoff game for the first time since, what, like 2013 or something like that. I would look at the Knicks in, in game one, but I think a wager that I that I feel pretty comfortable with uh, it's probably taking the Knicks for the series. What do you think, Smooth? How you feel about game one between the Knicks and Hawks? Yeah, Knicks, another team, you know, outside of the Wizards that we've been uh, talking about and, and playing a lot over the last month and a half or so. You know, they're the other hot team in the league. Um, always felt that whoever would win, you know, uh, that fourth seed, you know, out east between uh, them and the Hawks would be the team that would win uh, – win the first round and move on to the second round. So um, some things, you know, went well, you know, worked out well for the Knicks' favor because I think they were six. And, you know, they uh, the Heat lost. You know, they beat the Hawks. And they moved it and they won uh, their last game and their last couple games and moved in the fourth. So um, I think the I think the Knicks will win that. I think it goes seven. So I would back you with that series price there if it's minus 150, 160. Or lower, so yeah, I'm, I like the Knicks with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll play the Knicks. I I just feel that the energy for Game One is just going to be something that that Atlanta's probably not ready for. I could see Atlanta battling back maybe in Game Two, but uh, I would certainly go ahead and play the Knicks. Chris, you're uh you're live in Las Vegas out there. It's uh it's getting late. It's almost almost midnight for those of you guys. Uh, that are wondering if that's a backdrop on Chris or not. Chris is actually in Vegas. I don't want to tell tell his personal business. He could go ahead and tell you what he's doing in Vegas right now, but uh, he's a lucky man. But for those of you guys who are who are looking for some playing stuff, uh, Chris, are you going to put up a playing package, or are we just going to do the the playoff package? What are your thoughts on on what we're going to do for uh, for the playing and, and the playoffs? Yeah, so um, you know, I'm I'm live here, like you said, I'm at Planet Hollywood, and I uh, got the Bellagio Caesars right above the wait, no, this shoulder Caesars right above this shoulder over here. So nice view. It's been a lot of fun out here. I got to check out the pregame studios last night. Went to straight out of Vegas. That was fun. Uh, and yeah, so right now we have two packages that we're doing, uh, which we had, which was the regular season only, and that was basically a dollar, and you got the last two weeks. And for that, you get two pieces of premium content, at least two pieces of premium content every single day, which is top DFS plays from our team and then top player props from our team. 
so just to recap that we've, we've been giving out a minimum of three player props a day, uh, upwards of like seven or eight, even certain days. Uh, we wound up finishing for these last two weeks. We went three and one today. We went two and one yesterday. So finished the season on a strong note, five and two. Uh, we are up officially 6.19 units uh, in the last two weeks. Uh, I think we've had uh, maybe nine winning days or 10 winning days compared to just three losing days. So we feel like as a team, all of us putting our heads together, we're able to really get a, uh, you know, get a really good edge on the market and really make some strong plays. So we're going to do a play in tournament only package as a lower cost option. However, the best value is the full playoff package, which is forty nine ninety nine. That'll that's basically comes out to way less than a dollar a day for the entire NBA playoffs from the play in tournament through the end of the NBA finals. Uh, if you just want to do the play in tournament, that'll be nine ninety nine. We will have that package up sometime later tonight, if not sometime early tomorrow at the latest. Uh, right now, you're going to see the regular season package, which ended today, uh, and then you'll still still see the full playoff package on there as well. And you're going to get other great content too. I think the best value is getting things like McKenzie's player line values, where he ranks the top 80 to 85 players and what they're worth to the spread. We're going to be doing a special playoffs only version of that for premium subscribers. We have depth charts on the website for fantasy and prop purposes. We also have premium content from Smooth writing about future strategy. McKenzie also does a player prop strategy content. So you've got stuff all around the clock every single day of the week coming out as a premium member for less than a dollar a day. So jump on that now while you can. And if you want to do the play in tournament only for $9.99, you'll be able to get that starting tomorrow that we're going to offer through the end of the week. So that's what we're doing right now. And just really quick note, and I agree with most of your guys' takes on the Knicks and the Hawks. And I think that if anything, you really got to give that home court edge to the Knicks. They were very good at home this year, whether it was with fans or without fans. And as much as the Hawks have had success with Nate McMillan stepping in as the head coach, uh, you know, people might knock Thibodeau for his playoff record, but McMillan doesn't have the strongest playoff record either. So I wouldn't worry about that for Tibbs and the Knicks' sake in this one. And I, and I don't think that uh, the, the Hawks are going to have any answer for Julius Randle uh, going up against even guys like Capella and John Collins. So I do like the Knicks to win that series as well. I think that's going to be the best bet you can make in terms of just that alone. Uh, and it, it, it just to, in terms of the zigzag theory in the playoffs, that's something a lot of people are going to talk about over these next this next week or two. Uh, Smooth did a really good article as part of our premium package last week talking about some really interesting numbers that people might overlook when it comes to betting the uh, the playing tournament, the playoffs overall when it comes to the zigzag theory. So definitely check that out. It's a free preview on the website that you can look at right now. Uh, and I just want to double back one thing in terms of props. Like I definitely will be looking towards Steph Curry unders against the Lakers. If you look at the three times they played this year, the most he scored in a game was 27 points. He even had a game where he scored 16 points. So in three games against L.A. this season, Steph Curry is averaging 23 points per game, and he shot nine for 26 from three, which comes out to just about 25%. So if he's going to shoot between 25 30% from three and they're going to make that strategy to contain him, I think that's how the Lakers win. So my favorite plays right now, digging a little bit deeper, I actually think the Warriors team total under. The last two times these teams have uh, played, the Warriors scored 91 and 97. And that's when Steph had 27 in the last game. They scored 97 points. So I think for me, that's the strongest feel that I have right now. And I think possibly Curry under points. Uh, I probably might shy off under three-pointers made. But I think Curry under points could be a strong bet because that might be propped up in the mid-30s. And, you know, we've seen the Lakers have success containing him this year. So I like Warriors team total under. We don't know the official number yet. Uh, but I have a strong lean towards that uh, uh, when the number uh, does come out here in the next couple of days. All right, let's talk about one of the questions that came up here from uh, Benjamin Martinez. Uh, he says an under game one would probably look pretty good uh, between Atlanta and New York. What do we think that that number actually might be for a total? I'm not sure with that one. I'm thinking maybe somewhere in that two, maybe 211. That's kind of what I think. Smooth, I don't know what you think. Where do you think that that total might come out with Atlanta and New York? Well, for New York, their home games recently, they've been really low, like, you know, the two twelves and lowers. But with somebody like, you know, a team like the Hawks, you know, they do play a little faster and, you know, they can be a little bit explosive on that end. So 
I would be uh, look maybe around you know two fifteen ish range, two sixteen range. All right, Chris, you have a, a thought on the total on that one, or are you you just gonna pass on that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got I got to dig a little bit deeper into that, and we're gonna have uh, you know Dan Rivera, our stats and information guy. He's putting out multiple premium articles a week as well. So just plug on that is that Dan Dan's been doing some really good stuff in terms of team totals and trends to know. So. I'm going to definitely consult with Dan Rivera on that one and check out what numbers he's got going on. And we'll put out some interesting content around some of these games in terms of first half totals, first quarter totals, uh, player props to look at, over-unders, things like that. So uh, I don't have a strong feel for that right now, but I definitely think the Knicks style of play will win out. And I think some Trey Young underscoring props as well uh, could be interesting to look at because I'm not sure how he's going to handle that defensive pressure and how Thibodeau is going to scheme up against him in his first playoff appearance in his career. So uh, that that's definitely an area I'll be looking for sure. All right. And Lukey came out here. He said Atlanta at New York on 421. So you're looking at what April the 21st. Uh, Atlanta was minus one and a half at New York and the total was 219. So smooth. It's probably going to fall closer to your prediction there right around that 215, 216 mark. Uh, generally the playoff games, you know, they're going to bring them totals down, you know, four, five, six points. So, uh, I was a little bit too low. I'm guessing Smooth's kind of right. So Benjamin, if you're there, you are. He said thanks, fellas. Um, all right, so that's cool with that. So we talked through that game. Why don't we talk about another game that we do have a line on? Uh, Milwaukee Bucks minus six, Miami plus six. Hmm. I don't know. I would look at the Heat. I don't think anybody's gonna be on the Heat. I I I'm like a firm believer that. Maybe Miami just look. They had they had a long off season that was actually short. They had uh, a long year, a lot of players in and out. Uh, COVID kind of hit them. I feel like Miami thinks like, look, if we made it through these teams last year, that we could probably make it through them again. I think they come in here confident that they could beat the Bucks. I think plus six is just too much. I'm hoping this ticks up a little bit. And I don't know um, what to do right now. So I'm guessing, you know, I don't know if Lukey's still on there or Benjamin's still on there or Dalton's still on there listening. But why don't you guys tell us who, who you guys like originally? You know, first, you know, first thought, Bucks minus six. I'll throw it over to Smooth and then we'll know, uh, you know, we'll know maybe which way this line's going to end up going. But my initial first thought is play, play Miami because they're going to want to steal one. And, uh, that's kind of my first thought. What do you think, Smooth? You know, I think um, Miami, they did something that really kind of um, jumped out to me um, uh, recently when they played the Bucs. Um, their last game, I, I think if they would have beat the Bucs, uh, they would have had a strong possibility to move up to fifth, and that would have, you know, eliminated the potential matchup between, you know, the Bucs in the first round. But – Jimmy Butler was a late scratch um, and they were a five and a half point underdog. I believe that opened. And, you know, when I woke up that morning, um, the heat was a two point favorite. And when Jimmy Butler was a late scratch, they went to, um, you know, a, a plus four plus three or something like that. But I think that he did that for the particular reason. The one particular reason is that last year when these teams matched up in the playoffs, um, they pretty much own Milwaukee. And then in the regular season last year, the Bucks didn't beat the Heat. And so I think the Heat feel real confident playing the Bucks, matching up with the Bucks. I think they have a strategy that they have 100% confidence in. And I think that they sat Jimmy Butler purposely because of how confident they feel, you know, matching up with the Bucks. And I think that's, you know, you're going to see that in this in this round, in this matchup. Um, only thing that concerns me is that the Heat defense over the last 10 games hasn't been that good while their offense has been really good. But, you know, one thing you have to – I think you have to credit the Heat for is that when they, you know, lock in and focus on, you know, playing defense, you know, they're going to play defense, especially with Jimmy Butler on the floor. I think they're a team that's five or ten games above 500 when he plays and a team that's five or ten games below 500 when he doesn't. So, um I, I agree with you, you know, looking towards the heat. And, you know, that that was just something that really, you know, kind of made me laugh a little bit that they're not, you know, they want to match up with Giannis. They're not scared of Giannis in the books. 
Yeah, no. I don't think Miami's afraid of anybody in the entire league. Uh, there were two more lines that popped up while we were sitting here doing this right now. Uh, the Clippers, they're going to be playing the Mavericks. Clip's going to be minus six and a half. And Portland against Denver. Uh, Denver's going to be home favorite here, minus one and a half. Chris, you know Miami. Um, you're down there in Florida, so you you know you probably get a lot of a lot of news clippings and stuff like that. Why don't you talk a little bit about the Heat and the Bucks? It seems like me and Smooth kind of agree here. Um, you know, with with Miami, at least at least that's just too many points. At least that's how we're feeling right now. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I was really big on the Heat last year. I had a lot of futures on them to win the Eastern Conference and the way they were playing in the bubble all throughout the finals, and I. Honestly thought they, they would have had a legit chance to beat L.A. if they didn't get Bam Adebayo was hurt early in that series. Dragic was hurt, obviously, uh, and they still were able to win two games and push it to at least six games. So uh, I, I do I do agree also, though, that this is not the same Heat team from last season, like Smooth mentioned specifically on defense. And that is what worries me a little bit because that was obviously the key there, and they were shooting the lights out as well. So the, the shooting has regressed to an extent. Uh, Tyler Hero really struggled earlier in the year. It's kind of a sophomore slump to start out the season. But I, I just think that this matchup is something that you can't ignore. And while I do respect Drew Holiday a lot, I think he makes a big difference. I, I think this is the first year I've ever truly respected Milwaukee in the playoffs. Uh, I've always looked to fade them uh, with Giannis. I, I just feel like when you have a number one guy in your team who handles the ball and he has such a weakness in terms of outside shooting – uh, you can really do a lot of things in the playoffs to scheme against that. And I really think it's as simple as that. But the problem is, is that they can do that against Drew Holiday. He's not the best outside shooter either. So I think that, you know, I trust Eric Spolstra to bring his A game in terms of scheming against this Bucks team. And I also trust Jimmy Butler to bring it. And I think he's going to lift up the rest of his teammates. So while I do, I do think this is going to be a lot more competitive of a series than it was last year. I mean, you know, Miami almost swept them entirely. I think it was a gentleman's sweep, four to one. But um, this could probably go six or seven. But I still am going to have a little bit of money on the Heat to win the series outright. And I agree with you. I think the plus six is uh, is too many points. I, I would only a little bit of caution would be the Bucks might. This might be the game one, like do or die for them. If they lose this game one, they could be so deflated for the rest of the series. So. I wouldn't be surprised to see Milwaukee come out and have a great game one. And then I would look to play the heat in game two and get an increased series price. Cause I could see the heat having the fortitude to come back from one Oh, or even down two Oh in this type of series, given the matchup history here. So I think there could be some value on the heat after game one or game two, depending on how, on how those things shake out as well. That's a good point, Chris. I, I, I like that. That's a, a, a pretty good way to go ahead and attack that one. I'm not going to talk about the Clipper and Mavs game or the, or the Nuggets and Blazers game. We'll save that um, for tomorrow night. You know, we can jump back on here and do some more stuff. Uh, Lukey says he's going to go ahead and pass on Miami and Milwaukee. Um, Benjamin didn't really give a pick there. And Dalton, he thinks that uh, the Heat comments made a ton of sense. Money has come in here, guys, on the Wizards. Uh, Washington right now down to two. And, uh, and that Golden State line still sitting at six and a half. So, uh, money coming in here on the Wizards, money coming in on the Warriors. I think we're going to see that Knicks line trickled up a little bit. I'm thinking that's going to go up to two. Um, but we're right around an hour, so we just wanted to go ahead and smooth over some stuff, talk a little bit about you know the play-in and, and the matchups and, and things like that. Uh, as Chris had mentioned a little while ago, if you guys are just now uh, you know catching us, uh, you guys could sign up for the NBA Premium Package. That's DFS uh, every day for the playoffs. That's player props every day. Um, and if you guys want just the play-in, you can get that for like $9.99, and that's going to go ahead and that's going to start up tomorrow. Um, so that's going to be super cool. Uh, one other thing, and I think, Chris, I'll, I guess I'll just go ahead and mention this, is that the NFL stuff is going to start ripping. We're going to start. we, we got to get moving on, on our NFL stuff, uh, something that you guys don't want to miss. There's going to be a lot of information coming out. But if, if you guys are looking to go ahead and contribute, whether you guys can write, whether you guys uh, can do Excel sheets, uh, if you guys can sing and cheer, uh, things like that. Whatever you want to do, uh, reach out to Chris, reach out to me, you know, Smooth, whoever, uh, from the bettingpredators.com team. And if you guys feel like you guys can go ahead and contribute some stuff, you know, for the NFL, 
Um, it doesn't matter, you know, it could just be, you know, you guys, maybe you love trends and, and you want to look up trends or something like that. You know, give us a holler and if we can go ahead and, and work with you guys and, and we're willing to give anybody, you know, the opportunity, as long as you're not some kind of crazy maniac nutcase, um, you know, we could, we could always use your help. You know, we're, we're all about team. Uh, if you guys don't know that by now, uh, we are the betting predator team and, and that's kind of how we roll and, and we're, you know, we're cool. Dalton said he'll sing if, if we need to. Sounds good. Tomorrow we're doing it. Tomorrow we're going to do a live, Dalton. We're going to have you on karaoke uh, for, you know, in between, you know, we'll, we'll do like a halftime or something like that with Dalton. But uh, that'll wrap it up, guys. We're at about an hour, so uh, we'll talk more basketball tomorrow. Hopefully you guys did well. Hopefully you guys did well uh, throughout the NBA season. And if you guys jumped on, uh, you know, with the betting predators for our, you know, for the, our regular season package, hopefully you guys made out pretty well uh, with the DFS stuff and the player prop stuff. Chris, you got anything else you want to sign off there from Vegas? And by the way, did you tell people why you were in Vegas, or did you just forget that part? No, we'll we'll we'll, we'll save that we'll save that one for the next show. We got we got a, we got a lot more stuff we're going to talk about tomorrow. So, um, no, I just want to let people know that the uh, the play the playing tournament package that will be live. I'm just making a few kinks and changes on the back end of the website, so that should be up tonight. Just a reminder: if you did sign up for the dollar package. Um, just make just know that that ended today. Um, so we're going to be ha- we're going to be changing some things on the back end. But again, we're going to offer the two options: the forty nine ninety nine that comes out to less than a dollar a day. The nine ninety nine will be just for this week. That'll be starting tomorrow. We'll have content every single day, uh, Monday through Friday, which is the last day of the play in tournament. So obviously, no props and DFS for Monday because we we have a day off with no games, but. Uh, Smooth's going to have a, a play-in tournament betting article strategy uh, column that we're going to put out tomorrow. Uh, McKenzie's going to have his player prop uh, betting strategy that's going to look specifically at the play-in tournament as well. So uh, those we were originally going to put those out this past weekend for our premium package, but we decided with all the craziness and wackiness with like late game scratches and actives, things like that, uh, we decided that it'd be better served to our subscribers to put that out just play-in tournament specific. So those articles usually come out on the weekends, uh, but in this case, we're going to do Monday for this week, and then we're going to put out the new ones again probably Friday or Saturday once the play-in tournament's over and looking ahead towards futures and player prop strategy uh, for the actual first round of the playoffs. So just go to bettingpredators.com, check out everything on there, content from the entire team. We're up you know, over six units in just two weeks, giving out our, our, our best bet player props, and uh, – you know, we look to continue to improve that, and uh, hopefully, we'll turn that into from plus plus six to plus sixteen. But uh, but who knows? So we'll see. Um, but anyways, yeah. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, shoot us an email, uh, contact form on the website, whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll reach out to you as soon as we can. We appreciate all the support. All right, cool. All right, well, we'll wrap it up on that. We'll talk tomorrow night, guys. Uh, you guys, make sure you guys follow Smooth on Twitter. Make sure you follow Christelle on Twitter, myself as well, and the rest of the team. Make sure you guys go ahead over to bettingpredators.com and uh, check out all the cool stuff, all the free stuff. There's tons of free stuff over there, um, all kinds of podcasts and articles you guys can go ahead and read. And uh, behind the scenes, we're getting ready for the NFL, which a lot of people don't know about, but we're getting ready for football again. I know Chris is. But uh, oh, we'll go ahead. One last thing is that uh, we, somebody asked us about, about uh, the playoffs is that if you're subscribed to the full playoffs package, you're going to get access. We're launching this in a couple days. Uh, probably by the end of this week at the latest, once the play is done, we're going to have a private Discord for premium subscribers. And that's going to be, if you're signed up for the NBA premium, you're going to get that at least once a week, is we're going to have a live betting uh, Discord chat with members of our team that all of our premium subscribers will, will get access to. We'll pick a certain game of the week and we'll highlight that. And we're going to do that during football season as well. We'll talk about the football package down the road, but uh We'll send out a subscriber email once the Discord channel set up so people can get their invite links. And that's something that we're really excited about to do, uh, you know, as a community together and get a lot of our guys watching the games together, uh, attacking live betting opportunities and things like that. So I'm really excited about that. That will be, again, for you have to be subscribed to the full playoff package, $49.99, in order to get access to the private uh, live betting Discord channel that we're going to launch. And that's going to launch officially for the start of the first round. So we won't have it for the play-in tournament, but starting in the first round, we're going to be doing that at least once a week for our premium subscribers. So go to the website, sign up, 
less than a dollar a day. And you know, you'll be up a lot. Of, you'd be up a lot of money if you subscribe two weeks ago. That's all I can say. All right, guys. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll uh, we'll end it on that note. Check back tomorrow. Uh, generally, we like to do our, our you know these live things kind of late. Chris, you'll still be in Vegas tomorrow, right? Yeah, I got a couple more nights out here, so uh, I'll be back home in Florida Wednesday. So I got a couple more nights. I- I'm gonna go check out Circa. Actually, uh, I'm gonna go there probably either tomorrow or two. I fly out Tuesday night, so I definitely want to do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a ton of fun, man. It's like I, I don't I don't I don't even want to leave at all. Let's just say that. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll get some rest. Tonight. I know you had a long couple of days. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Lukey, Dalton, Benjamin, for jumping on, having some questions. Uh, appreciate you guys' interaction. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow night. But uh, then we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it up on that. We'll talk to you later.